This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycast. You're on the Escape Hour. This is Joy 94.9's Food and Travel Show. You're here today with Russ and Stefan, who is on the panel. We're talking uh, two things today. We're going to be talking about travelling in Gippsland, and we're also going to be eating lots of garlic. Today we're really privileged to have David Jones, who is the chair of the Minion Garlic Festival and the Minion and the Garlic Board, I think. A uh, member of the Australian, member of the Australian garlic, garlic, industry. Board, garlic industry. And um, so, yes, David, what's... Um, so you're based in Gippsland? Yes, that's right. Based and, in uh, um, South Gippsland, a little, little hamlet so Menion is Merbu. And Menion is in Gippsland? It is. Last <laughs> so, time we checked. Last time we checked. <laughs> we did a, a poll of the 700 people who live there and they decided they it, were in Gippsland. They wanted to be part of Gippsland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Do you so, call yourself Gippslanders? Uh, Yes, and we have a fantastic <laughs> publication called, which I would look out for when you visit our part of the world, called Gippslandia. Gippslandia, okay, all right. It's a really creative uh, publication. Comes out quarterly. It's like a it's like a big broadsheet yep. that that tells stories of you know innovation, of arts, of oh. rebirth, of uh, really encouraging entrepreneurship mm. in the region. And I think it's really, I suppose it, it's it's changing. Um, and often Melbournians. Um, we'll think of Gippsland as somewhere that's a long way away. Because well, uh, yes. yeah. it does go a long way, but it actually starts about 65 kilometres from Melbourne. Yeah, so, and it's so, not that far away when you when you think about it. And I, and so so Gippslandia, aka part of Victoria, is 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 very accessible for us Melburnians, isn't it these days? So it is, and and I think it's um, it, it's also it's changing because Gippsland was essentially, at least when I was a kid. Not so long ago, or mm. maybe a long time ago. We won't talk about that. We won't go into that. Um, it, was, it was the place where there was amazing coastline. Um, you'd yeah. go down to uh, Lakes Entrance and, mm. and you'd you know, play in the 90-mile beach or you'd go to Wilson's Prom. So the region was really seen as being um, at least a day's drive to get to the, the coastal mm. areas yeah. or into the Alps. Or uh, and, and now we're seeing, I suppose, the emergence of... Um, the eat-drink culture, mm. the foodie culture. We're seeing uh, amazing growth in the number of wineries. Um, uh, Pinot and Chardonnay are probably the, the... It's a bit like the coastal so, varieties. And we're just seeing that, that start to blossom almost like a, the Yarra Valley we've yet to discover. No, I was going to say, so it's not all about the Mornington Peninsula, the Yarra Valley. There is now... There is another world. There is another world <laughs> for Melbourneian. And do Melbournians go there? Well, it's... Or? It, look, it's a challenge, I think, to often encourage Melbournians to leave you know, the great diversity we have in, mm. in the city. But Visit Victoria Tourism Board um, identified that 52% of Melbournians hadn't visited a regional centre in Victoria right. in the last 12 months. Uh, but what we do see is that really thriving small towns, uh, some will know Briagalong in the sort of northeast, um, our little town of Menian, which yep. is uh, thriving now, a you know, town of 700 people with an architect's practice, a winemaker in business, jewellers, amazing sculpture gardens, sculpture parks. Um, and we're seeing that people 
people are starting to really explore the small towns as distinct mm. from the the, the, the the natural beauty. And I will give one publication a plug, which I'd suggest anybody who wants to look at visiting Gippsland, restaurants, wineries, cheesemakers. It's called Eat, Drink, Gippsland, and um, you can pick up a copy mm. uh, at any of the fooderies, foodie places that you would visit in the in the region, or to have a review before you travel, uh, the information centre at the town hall and in Williamstown have these books. Um, really, they're a they're a foodies guide to our part of the world. And we've really so, become foodies, haven't we? Oh, in, yeah. in this in this yeah, day and age, uh, we're always <laughs> looking for that <laughs> for that taste that we can't find find anywhere else. Yeah. And, and and it's good to hear that Gippsland has jumped on that bandwagon. Yeah. And, uh, and local produces, I think produce. I think there's probably a, a lot of things produced. Well, it's look. It uh, was locally. traditionally traditionally it was you know. Uh, Dairy, mm. uh, being one of the dairy centres. Now we're seeing avocado groves, oh. huge olive groves. Uh, the avocados that we have are a creamier, sort of denser texture than the avocados from Queensland, but growing very effectively. Um, a colleague of ours, Barry Charlton, left school at 12, became a cheesemaker, and he's now in Berry's Creek, which is where he lives, his brand, and rated in the top 10 blue cheeses in the world, and that's made uh, down in, in uh, Fish Creek in uh-huh. South Gippsland. So we're finding that incredible talents are now coming mm. to the fore, and I think regional festivals and major events are a great showcase of a region's produce. I think, you know, I, I, look, I haven't been to Gippsland for, for many moons. I will I will own up to that. I um, had friends who um, owned a, um, uh, a holiday um, shack in a place called Poowong um, down in Gippsland. And thriving hamlet? It is a thriving hamlet. And, you know, what we used to like about going down there for the weekend, that um, you... you it's not far to bush, which was which gave you that sense that you have got away for the weekend. The local pub um, served amazing food, and it's just it's it's just a getaway from the um, from the uh, big bad city. And I loved it, absolutely loved it. And I think one of the charms, thinking of Poowong, that's sort of in South Gippsland. It's probably you know a hundred kilometres from direct from the CBD of Melbourne. Uh, adjacent to Poowong is um, a town called Lock, and. Uh, one of the highlights uh, would recommend people had a, had a taste of is the uh, the Loch Gin, which uh-huh. uh, is now uh, world acclaimed. Uh, the Loch Scotch and the Loch Vodka, and uh, the and the brewery there. It's basically a large converted, you know, late eighteen hundreds uh, uh, brick bank building and it's it's a gem it's a gem mm. of a place to visit and it's an hour from the center of town so david if you were um uh me for example and you were going to plan a long weekend to gippsland where would where would what would be your idyllic itinerary for me to jump in my car on a say lunchtime um friday and be back monday evening Ooh, that's that's a really curveball that's a tough <laughs> one but I'll, I'll throw a few suggestions in yeah. um one would be to pick out a couple of wineries to visit, and I would probably uh, head straight to uh, Cannibal, no, Cannibal Creek. I'd head straight to Hoggett Kitchen and Wild Dog Winery near Warrigal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trevor Perkins is an amazing chef, uh, and you may be able to score some dinner with Trevor uh, on a Friday evening. I'm not sure whether we're open at the moment for dinner, but at least go and have an experience Hoggett Kitchen. Uh, I would probably travel south from there and uh, maybe stay at uh, five-star accommodation. Very little of it in regional Victoria. Mm. There's a place called Campania of Menian 
no, no real plugs, but it's novel because there's four five-star suites uh, in, oh, a, in yeah. a little country town. Mm. I would get up in the morning very, very early and take a 40-kilometre drive from Menian uh, through Fish Creek to a Hoddle Range where you could see sunrise over Wilson's Prom, oh, which is nice. just stunning. So, of course, you've got to organise the weather and the clouds and all those things. <laughs> but we can do that in Gippsland. We can organise these things. That's right. It's nothing like here in Melbourne, <laughs> is it? It's, it's better weather. That, that idyllic sunrise is going to be there when yeah, I go. Yeah, yeah, not yeah. a problem. No clouds on Wilson's Prom. No, nothing at all. But that's, then, then I would probably uh, head north. Um, and uh, actually what I would do is, after I'd seen sunrise and I had a fantastic night, uh, I would then pick up Eater in Gippsland because... It's not and a long the distance between yeah. the small towns and, and the great places to explore. And these are little towns, aren't they, that, that, that people mm. can go and explore. And each of them are very unique. They've all got their own little pub, their own little community. And, and, and what, what you're trying to let, let us city dwellers know is that they're, you, know, you should come and visit. There's, there's things to see and do. And, and you can actually get really good coffee. Out, oh, can you? Oh, so outside <laughs> of this boundary of the city. Yep. Um, I was going to say, you. I think everybody's going to go now. As soon as you, that's that's a key phrase. <laughs> uh, yes. Well, look, it is. Um, it's something that we have noticed in the last five years. Um, uh, my wife and I got involved in the the, the, the town of Menian about five or six years ago. We mm. moved to Gippsland eight yeah. years ago. Uh, to grow garlic, as you do. And well. um, uh, what we've noticed is that not only has the, the quality of coffee and service really moved a lot in the last five to six years, also small things like we'd go to the, the, the local supermarket and you couldn't get local produce. Right. And we were wondering about this until we sat down with an onion farmer who mm. got an old piece of paper out and a pencil and said, here's the economics of me delivering my onions on my ute to the local supermarket. And it didn't make sense. Uh. Now, the whole scene has changed. There's, uh. there's local produce specialty stores, there's... Um, the, the smaller, you know, grocery shops are actually looking to bring in as much local produce, and yeah, we think you can taste the difference. Now, I know Jodie Wilmer, who used to be the um, uh, producer and presenter of another version of the Escape Hour, and she was on Joy for 15 years, and, and her and her partner Robert have done a sea change to Gippsland, and they only did that last year, and, and obviously, obviously think it's the best thing that they've ever done. Um, You've done it as well. Why? What, what, what is it about that area that is now drawing Melburnians to get up and get out? Well, I suppose the, you know, I, I'm not, you know, very familiar with and love the, both the Bellarine Peninsula, where I spent mm. my late teens trying to ride a surfboard and, and you know, have a good time, <laughs> and my earlier teens and parts of my 20s at, on the Mornington Peninsula. And I think we're seeing both those areas become... Now, quite heavily populated. They are almost extensions of mm. oh. the same crowd you'd have coffee with, you know, in, in, in Brunswick. You'd meet down at, at, at Rye or Sorrento yeah, or something. Mm. Uh, and I think people are now saying, well, this is only, you know, half an hour, 20 minutes further on. Um, it's not as busy. It's, it's a bit more raw, a bit more earthy. Mm. And um, yet there is still amazing, you know, cultural activities. We now have an annual opera event 
partnering with Opera Australia in Menian. Oh, so so um, it's, it's smaller towns wow. are really punching above their weight culturally uh, and, and with music, the arts and, and, and craft. Now, you said you were, um, were an old surfer. I, I grew up at, um, Port, <laughs> at Port Arlington and would, and, and would, you know, throw my board right, in. Right, the at, big waves oh, of Port Arlington. Well, there weren't many, <laughs> let me tell you. But I'd throw my board in at Bells and, um, and, um, and over at Barwon Heads and we used to have a great time. Um, what are the beaches like in Gippsland? That's going to get that's going to get a lot of our um, listeners down there for sure. I, I, I <laughs> Beach and coffee. <laughs> I think uh, one of the the real beauties of, of the area is to when you do start to go east, you know, southeast from from Phillip Island, um, you, you get down to Inverloch, and it's it's, it's a beautiful place. Uh, one of the ones that I love is um, really from Cape Lip Trap. Uh, when looking mm. around Waratah Bay down to Wilson's Prom, it is yes. just a stunning piece of bass. So White Big sand, white sand, not the biggest surf in the world, no, not quite like Bell's Beach for us, yep. but uh, <laughs> it, it's it is just a, a, a joyful place to be. Mm, That's nice. Lovely. Well, um, and the jewel, um, and we will come back and talk this after after our break. The jewel of of Gippsland, I think, is Wilson's Prom, but you may be able to correct me there. I've missed my favourite show on Joy. What do I do? What do I do? Podcasters to battle! Joy Podcasters fight on tirelessly to bring you the best bits of every show. So if you've missed something recently on Joy, don't worry, our podcasters have your back. Head to joy.org.au and click on the podcast tab or look us up on iTunes. Podcasters on Joy 94.9, fighting tirelessly for your listening pleasure. We have been talking to David, who's talking about uh, David Jones from the Menion Garlic Festival. Mm. Uh, Before we went to break, we did... um, touch on the jewel of Gippsland. Well, I think it's the jewel of Gippsland, which is Wilson's Prom. So we'll we'll go back to that and then we're going to talk all things garlic. So David, what are your views on that beautiful prom you've got there? Look, I just I just get amazed every time I see it and, and um, I've been fortunate that without weaving garlic into too much of the conversation, <laughs> I have been growing garlic with a friend in a collaboration um, near Walkerville, Cape Lip Trap. And, oh. and so... Every day that I'm down there on the farm tending that, I can look straight to my straight across the bay and see the prom. Oh. And what you see, it, it's a bit like Ears Rock. That experience of the the different lights and yeah. the impact of the of the sun and the and the and the, the climate around it. Yes. It is just an ever changing. You know, visual experience, even from fifty kilometres away. And uh, but then to spend time there is. It's something I'd like to do more of, but mm. um, we, we don't get right into the prom as much as we should. So how did you get to grow garlic in Gippsland? You have a partner who <laughs> decides it's time for a career change. Right. Yes. And she said to me, what do you want to do in five years' time? And I said, don't really know. And she said, well, I want to grow garlic. And <laughs> I said... And it was one of those things. She had walked past a... Um, uh, down the street with Blackburn where we lived uh, by the railway station and, and never normally looked at a news agents but there was a, a, a Weekly Times we never read we never mm. read the Weekly Times <laughs> now we do uh, and, and it was a picture of Simon Illingworth that he was a, a former policeman uh, who was growing garlic in Western Victoria right and she said well wow I'd really like to uh, as, as a kid she'd spent a bit of time on farms and she said I'd like to explore this as the next career oh so we compromised for a few years. Uh, I would stay in town four days a week and, and come down on the weekends mm-hmm. and I'd give them my list of things to do. Chase the cows, <laughs> do this, do that. And good. You know, clean out the chook shed. And, uh, and but then, I suppose, for me, it became more of a passion. I started to... Uh, 
understand a lot more about growing and mm-hmm. about uh, working with soil and realised how, you know, after coming in as, as a bit of an alien on the land, you, you can start to smell good soil and you oh. can, can realise when you are improving soil through your, 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 your management practice, through, through uh, you know, putting nutrients back mm. in, replacing what you take out. And, you know, I used to see old farmers pick up a handful of soil and sniff it and I used to think, there's some sort of conjuring going on here. <laughs> but now I see myself so do doing the same now. thing. <laughs> you do that now. Well, you know, see, my head, my head would take me straight to, I wonder if they're wondering if a cow has pooed on it or something. <laughs> yeah. That's maybe where I'd go with it. Or, or how long ago the cow yeah, pooed that, on it. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's the foot test, I think, to use that one. But... So, how did you pick your farm? I mean, it was so. You, in the break, you were talking about um, weather in Gippsland, in particular. Yes. What what what's what's the story about your search for this idyllic place to live? Well, we we were looking for somewhere with with a consistent high rainfall, um, and and Gippsland, South Gippsland, in particular, has about one to one point two metres of rain. This was in year eight of the, of the you know, what we call the ten year drought, and uh, there was still still rainfall in Gippsland. We also looked uh, in the in the western in the in the Cape Otway area, but it was just that fact that it was where we were looking was less than two hours if the Monash behaves itself from mm, the CBD, yeah. um, and uh, so for me it was sort of commutable. And uh, we looked for north-facing land, we looked for for rich, good soil, and we were only looking for you know, ten acres because we wanted to grow probably half an acre to one acre of, of garlic. Mm. And, uh, and then we started that journey of growing and scratching your head. And three or four years later, you still haven't got a good crop, and you're wondering what you're doing wrong. <laughs> and you, the answer is everything. Or well, actually, one big mistake every year. Was well, there? And, was... and for four years, we just battled. We, we, at that stage, the Gaelic Industry Association was just reforming, and there wasn't a, a body of knowledge because the industry had really been decimated with free trade. Mm. Ah. When uh, a lot of the farmers who were growing garlic just got out of it because you know, the prices plummeted, people didn't understand and... that the imported garlic was treated very poorly. Well, it's... Oh. yeah. Well, I was yeah, sorry. Okay. I was going to ask because we, it's very difficult to find Australian garlic in supermarkets. It so... has been. Yeah. Yeah, it has been, and uh, and so I, I and the, but there's a lot of Chinese garlic, biggest producer in the world. I found in my research and today. So what's, what's would be the difference? I mean, I'm, I know there's okay. Well, I'll give got you a, to be a, a lot quick, of difference. A quick snapshot. Yes. Um, Ninety uh, percent or eighty percent of garlic in Australia is is imported, um, and. From an industry perspective, uh, we respect the fact that the food processing sector that make the, the you know, put mm. the, the garlic product is an input into processed foods. Um, we will never compete as an industry, yeah. Um, yeah. so we put that to one side. But as far as culinary garlic is concerned, the issue we have is that every garlic product that's brought into Australia is treated with methyl bromide, which mm. some will see as a potential carcinogen. Yeah. There are also matters of the soil health of yeah, the parts of China where garlic is grown, the fertilising and animal... I mean, the, the fertilising and farming practice, I was, the nutrients... Yeah, I was reading it's a different product. some of it is it's grown in around sewage and all this kind of thing. Well, there and aren't those controls. There's no yes, quality there's no, control, no. whereas we have uh, beautiful, clean soil, great farming practices, and we are now seeing... Um, I suppose a, a, an emergence. Uh, it's interesting, the largest growing areas are the Lockyer Valley in South Queensland and Sunraysia, where it's very both mm. dry, warm yeah. climates, whereas we're finding that many of the garlics that uh, uh, probably originally came out with um, 
the snowy mountain scheme work. There's a you know they're often the ones you'll see in the supermarket or the farmers market have got a they're a chunky purple striped. Mm-hmm. They're called a turban or a Monaro purple. Monaro because that's where the family settled, Eden Monaro area. Ah. For the snowy scheme, they introduced brought their garlic with them, and so many of the 300 cultivars of garlic that are available or identifiable in Australia will have come from those early migration waves. Ah. Okay. Um, you mentioned the um, four years with with <laughs> good and bad and mixed results. Oh gosh! <laughs> Could you believe that you were making those mistakes? I mean, you were they were, were they um, you know wee mistakes that were in your face, and you thought, "Damn, I wish I hadn't have done that." <clears throat> well, a few of them were, but when we started uh, learning about garlic, we joined the industry association and. The old hands would say, it'll take you five years to get a good commercial crop. And to those who just plunk a few cloves in the garden bed and hopefully don't overwater them... Well, I think I I can't do it. A plant, it grows and then it disappears and I can never find the the garlic. Mm. (laughs) I think there's probably therapeutic help you need um, in in that. (laughs) But uh, it's... um, Look, you just we we had to learn by mistake. So we we planted too deep. Uh, the, the, the the garlic didn't like the, the dampness. We didn't have the beds because we've got quite heavy clay loam soil. Mm. Um, we didn't have the beds raised enough, so it was the the, gar- the soil was too damp for too long. Um, uh, the, the, the varieties we were growing weren't really suited to our climate. So there was a, a whole procession of of things that that seemed to hit us every year and then it was my wife was about to give up and she said look this is this is a crazy um but she entered a gar- some garlic in the Australian Fine Food Awards and she won a silver medal. Oh, okay. about, oh, sorry. Never seen anyone dance it's around the farm as much as she did. <laughs> That's the a cows confidence were boost most for you. <laughs> and, and, and from that on, I think, actually what an old friend did tell us was about three years ago he was helping us with harvest and he said, David, you two have finally developed a farming system. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got a set of methods that you've learnt. Don't do this, do this. You know, put nutrients here, do that, and it was a case of learning a system and divine, designing your own system to suit your microclimate and your soil. Fantastic! Now, the real reason that we're here today, or one of the real reasons, is is to talk about this um, magnificent Menian Garlic Festival that's coming up next weekend down in Menian. How did it start, David? How did it start? <laughs> um, one person had a good idea. Um, was that a, you? No, no, it wasn't me. <laughs> but she said to me we should do a garlic festival and I knew what that meant that meant you should go and think about it <laughs> so uh, I thought about it and uh, it popped online and, and looked at, at garlic festivals worldwide and the world's biggest food festivals at Gilroy in California northern California 120,000 people going for 40 years the Isle of Wight seeing it's a travel oh. show we'll travel to the Isle of Wight beautiful because that's, they also have a garlic festival oh that's amazing and um, <laughs> so we, we looked at that and then then thought um, a festival needs a home if we're going to have one in Australia it needs to be an off-Broadway launch so we, <laughs> we won't do yeah. it in the Yarra Valley yeah. so we took the idea to a town meeting in Menian which yep. is just 24 k's from where we live and I'd done one of these PowerPoint presentations, and of course, that I think it scared the living daylights out of all the people. <laughs> Who is this guy? <laughs> yeah, what's he on? <laughs> and, then, and then it was a case of people got on board, and I think the thinking is that realised that that 
the Gaelic Festival really is a showcase of the produce, uh, the great food um, uh, and the great you know, culinary skills of many of, of Gippslandians. And through the lens of Gaelic, um, our, our jam producers, our honey producers, not only showcase their product, but they also create a hero product. So we'll wow. have Gaelic jam, Gaelic uh, vodka, Gaelic beer, Gaelic ice cream. Me. And before you feel violently ill, what Never. you need to know <laughs> is that once you, you take a clove of garlic and you chop the, you know, chop the top and tail off it um, and uh, mix it up, take the skin off and put in some salt and some sugar, crush it in the mortar and pestle, you really open up the rich, fragrant flavours. And, and that's the best way to get the flavour out of garlic, isn't it? By mm. chopping it into fine... Or, or, or yeah. getting the mortar and pestle, ideally just crushing it, right. it just, just yep. breaking open the garlic rather than slicing it up into ah, small, okay. uncrushed bits. So recommend using a mortar and pestle uh, or something similar. A hammer could be useful, but I'd probably go <laughs> for the mortar and pestle. Okay, so we need to go to a break. We're going to come back in, in just a second because I want to learn more about... Uh, Ooh, garlic ice cream and garlic vodka. Mm, I think. That, that sounds, sounds tasty. Sounds great. <laughs> You're listening to a Joycast from GLBTIQ Community Radio Station, Joy 94.9. This is the Escape Hour on Joy 94.9, your food and travel show. Uh, you are here with me, Russ, and the lovely Stefan. Hello. Our other cohorts are away today. We're talking to David Jones about the Minion Garlic Festival. David... This thing has turned into bigger than Ben Hur for you, has it not? <laughs> well, it's it really is, it's exciting because we we did look at how the Americans did it and how the Poms did it, and we we said how do you run a garlic festival in a town of six hundred people? And um, the great thing was that the the town and the, and the wider communities got behind it. So um, we have a scarecrow. Uh, there's a whole lot of scarecrows that were made two made years ago. Made out of garlic? No. And not made out of garlic, but they appear two weeks two weeks before the festival across ah, the town. Yeah. Um, and uh, a number of the people have taken over particular parts of it. So rather than having jumping castles, we have three-legged races, piggyback you know, races, sack races, garlic and spoon races. So oh. a whole lot of silly things. <laughs> it's traditional yeah. fun. Yes. Uh, we have a Billy Cart Grand Prix. Oh. Um, we have sheaf tossing. Now it's nothing it's not sheaf as in nothing to do with a sheep but a traditional rural show activity was to pick up a sheaf of wheat that's oh, yeah. a small bit, and you've got to flick it across a very high bar. Oh. So, what of our potato farmers, Roy Beaumont, has said to us, "Why don't we have a sheaf toss?" Oh, it's, yeah. it's a competitive rural game. Oh no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm like, hearing you. Leave your caber at home. Bring, the, <laughs> bring your fork. <laughs> and and so is it, we have essentially a lot of traditional fun things for young and old to do. Then we have what we call our, our garlic market, where we'll have four tonnes of garlic, mm-hmm. 16 growers from across Victoria, as well as some demonstrations on smoking garlic, plaiting garlic, just some one-on-one tips, mm-hmm. chance to talk to growers about how you do this. So will I, if I come to your festival, will I learn how to grow garlic a bit more successfully than I'm doing at the moment? Uh, yes, I, I can I can guarantee <laughs> that because you could actually come to the Garlic Institute and hear oh. one of our six speakers. Uh-huh. Uh, we've turned the old Mechanics Institute into a Garlic, garlic Institute, institute for the day. So that's all year round? Oh, no, for uh, the day. For the day. Oh, lovely. A one-day focus on learning. On learning how to... So what best species to plant? Yeah, what to plant where, which yeah. goes well, what the timing, because there are early season, mid-season and late-season garlics. How to water it? Not to or water not water it? Not in the last month. <laughs> Ah. Needs to dry out so that the bulb can 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 grow and cure and, and uh, lose a lot of the moisture. But how do you know it's the last month? 
Um, we've got a thing called a calendar in South Gippsland. Oh, <laughs> no. oh I don't think we've got this kind <laughs> of thing the in garlic, The garlic calendar. <laughs> Look, actually, <laughs> what, what you do know is, is basically when a garlic plant is mature, you'll start to see some, some drying off of the outer, the outer leaves, mm. and that is often a sign that, that... And then you'll scratch the surface away, the dirt, and you'll, you'll feel that the, the plant is, is bulbed up, and you'll start to feel some ridges in the outside mm. of the plant. Then you put it back to bed, cover up the dirt... Uh, then you'll see. Then that, at that stage, when you start to see the bulb swelling, it's time to say, "Whoa, it's got enough moisture of its own. It doesn't need any help from so mum and dad." No know, more water. No more water in the last month. Mm. And and then it's a matter of that fine judgment of when exactly to dig it out of the ground. Mm. And that typically depends uh, with maybe two or three uh, green leaves left, uh, and and very very clear defined ridging when you just you know, have a look at mm. the bulb. Um, then it's about time to take it out and hang it in a out of the sun in a, in a dr- nice, yeah. drafty, uh, cool place. Lovely. Now, so. David, the uh, CWA garden scone, uh, garlic scones, I should say, what else can the people expect food-wise with our um, um, garlic mm. festival? I suppose expect um, everything that you would see at, at a traditional food festival with, you know, the beautiful small goods and, and you know, the chocolates, all, all the, the artisan foods. But each of our producers is creating a Gaelic hero product. So we have uh, the Cricket Club from Meany and Dumbork United are having Gaelic beer where we have a special Gaelic additive. You can have standard super or supreme and you put that into the glass and it, it just completely transforms the beer. Wow. Uh, you can have uh, Gais Gaelic scones. You could have uh, Gaelic fries, Gaelic jam, Gaelic ice cream and... The garlic actually is its almost a nutty, rich flavour that adds to the vanilla ice cream. Is garlic ice cream nice? I can't imagine. Well, we're on our third year. We've got a different recipe each year, and it certainly is... uh, Really, it really is a hit. And garlic milkshakes as well. Oh, garlic milkshakes. Now Uh-oh. you're talking. <laughs> See, I think I'd be there for the garlic milkshake and the garlic scones. Perhaps some garlic vodka as well. What do you think? Uh, g- garlic vodka, I wouldn't mind trying. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, yeah, garlic scones. Ice cream, I don't know. I mean, it's just... But what you have so is if you, you break open the garlic, so we've mm. opened up the flavour, we've got, we don't have the bitterness. Yeah. We've put in the salt and the sugar, and so we've, we've you know, blended the flavour. Then that gets beaten into the ice cream ah, uh, with a bit yeah, of vanilla, so not vanilla essence, but that, that the high quality vanilla uh, yeah. product, yeah. and and that just really rounds out the vanilla flavour. It's, it's quite oh, tasty. Yeah, so it kind of brings out the flavour rather than overpowering the. Yeah, it doesn't sort of whack you in the back of the palace. No, <laughs> with the garlic. So we've got. To, I think we've got a. Somebody's texted in. Oh, Brad, you're a bit of a character. <laughs> this is Brad's message, everybody. Thank you for the message, Brad. Smoking garlic. So his question is, it must be hard to roll the fresh garlic into papers to smoke it, or do you use dry garlic? So, you know... I'm, I think it's misconstrued, the smoking. I think, yes, I think you've... I don't think you've... <laughs> listened properly, Brad. <laughs> well, uh, I'm not surprised. <laughs> but... If you want to smoke garlic, I can say to you, you, uh, can, you get four bulbs of garlic, <laughs> you slice the tops off, just yeah. at the top, just you take off the, the remaining neck and probably the top 5% of each clove, so you're yeah. opening up the clove, you get four tablespoons of sugar, and it's three, oops, no you don't, you get a tablespoon of salt for the smoking of the garlic and a tablespoon of olive oil. And you can put that in your, your smoking oven or you can mm. put it in your oven and it'll give you... It's called hot smoking, so you do, put, do it for an hour at a medium temperature and that just really gives you a soft so, flavour. What would you do with smoked garlic then? Just use it in cooking or...? Uh, you could put it... Uh, 
you could put it into butter, slightly melted oh, yeah. butter, and whip Popcorn. that into mm-hmm. popcorn. Uh, mm-hmm. So the garlic oh. butter would be a good idea. Yeah, um, you could. You could put it on anything you like. Now, Lovely. David, we do have to go to our last break in the um, in the hour. What, when, and where is this amazing festival on? It's on Saturday, the sixteenth of February. Um, it's in the town of Menian, which is one hundred and forty kilometres southeast of Melbourne. Um, lots of parking, lots of things to do, accommodation, good place to stay, explore South Gippsland. Uh, it's ten dollars for adults, and uh, it's just a great day of, of entertainment. And look, just hop onto ArmeniaGallicFestival.com.au, and you can plan your day at the festival. It sounds good. You're listening to a Joycast from GLB TIQ Community Radio Station Joy ninety four point nine. You're on the Escape Hour on Joy 94.9, your food and travel show. I tell you what, we have been shoveling garlic scones and garlic ice cream and you name it, it's mm. garlic. It's going it's into our mouths because we're heading to the Menion Garlic, garlic Festival. Festival. Next, now listen, next Saturday. Next Saturday it is mm. for sure. Now yes. did you know, Stefan and David, you will know a lot of this, David, because you're an expert, but garlic is good for cold sores. Uh, for splinters, for athletes' foot. I saw a picture on my research today where you just throw a whole heap of garlics into a um, into a bucket and you put your feet in there and that's supposed to cure athlete foot. Oh. And it's also oh. good if you're a farmer and you've got cows that are having challenges lactating, you can use garlic <laughs> and a whole range of, of uh, medicinal purposes. I just couldn't believe some of the things. It's used as a pesticide. You can put it into oh. a um, into some water, into a spray mm. can, and that'll get rid of your mozzies, which I thought was really interesting. Um, you know, the average person in, in, in our country eats a kilo of garlic a year. I didn't know I didn't know it was quite that much. Did you know that? No, I didn't, and, and I'd like to meet more average people, I think. <laughs> well, my, you know, my partner, he, he sort of... Throws garlic in everything over the winter months, and um, <laughs> and I, I I don't know it's in there, but we're talking about great big cloves that oh, he really? throws in the mill, and um, and I'm not a cook, so I just sit there and shovel it all in and love it, and then get to work the next day, and everybody's saying, "Oh, Paul, he's done it again. You smell like garlic." <laughs> <laughs> it's an acquired taste, but garlic's also good. It's got lots of vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, so it's it's quite a healthy, um, reduces your cholesterol. So I mean, the the list of things it does. Oh, the two things that I found really interesting. It can cure acne problems, so you wipe it all over your face. I take that as the way to cure acne. And the other thing that I found interesting, and this is good for me because I'm 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 a, a middle aged man who's you know has follicle issues. Um, you rub it all over your hair, and it makes your hair grow longer again. So, what what about wow. the smell? We though? should have some some more uh, things like that at the festival. I'm happy to have come. Well, down. I think I'm happy to come. Hair studio. <laughs> maybe, that's, that's maybe that's next year's. Yes, aim, next year's. To have a year uh, product. Hairdresser and um, yeah, and do and do some hair. And hair, and the makeup, hair, and hair and makeup, hair and makeup, garlic hair and makeup. We're going garlic hair. We'll be dead. Oh, before we do go, we were going to ask you another question. But the other thing that you told us today that I wanted to let our viewers know that you have a Mardi Gras in Menion oh, every yes. year. Well, it, it started in 2018 when Marty Thomas, a, a great local identity, has Moose Restaurant, and um, he uh, he turned 50 and. A whole lot of folks came to town and everybody was dressed in the Mardi Gras spirit. Yeah. Oh. Uh, even the you know, 70 and 80-year-old locals were, were really getting into yeah, it. they got dressed and up for Mardi Gras. God, did they ever? And <laughs> they had so much fun. Everyone's in costume. Some of the guys were a bit outrageous, but that's okay. Well, and did you have floats and tractors? There was, and... there was one float where oh, the, yeah. the, the king and queen were there. Yes. Weren't sure who was who, but they were both there. And, and uh, they... 
it was a, a trailer with uh, some hay bales and gold material draping it and a tractor pulled it up and down around the town three times and everyone cheered. Well David I can tell you that um, um, the Menion Mardi Gras made the news here in Melbourne and I would imagine that would have been enough to get mm. a few of our listeners down yeah, there for absolutely. this year's well, festival. Come back guys. <laughs> we're, we're, we're. David Jones has been an ex- a fun show having you on today. We know so much about That's garlic. Thanks for listening to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.